How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode 289 of X Lapsed. On a day where I unfortunately have to bring you some pretty dire news about the future of this program. We'll get into that on the other end here. We'll talk about that after the book because right now the important thing is to begin the healing process. We're going to begin the healing process as it pertains to Exponent Unlimited, which over the course of the past 150 weeks has been absolute garbage with X-Men Green. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, that is in the rear view, at least for now. And we're moving on to the next story, which, uh, not to bury the lead here, is a lot of fun. Let's get right into it. This is X-Men Unlimited Volume 3, I guess. Uh, number 13, December 2021. Paradise Lost, Chapter 1, Unstoppable. Written by Fabian Nicieso with art by Matthew Hork. Letters, VCs, Joe Sabino, edits, Amaro, Bisa, White, Zabulski. This appeared on the app on December 5th, 2021. Now, we open outside of a federal prison, which is outside of Austin, Texas, where Juggernaut and his gang of unstoppables are causing all sorts of havoc. Well, it's it's definitely havoc. They're, they're really, you know, they're, they're, they're making a mess of things here, but it's like a, a kinder, gentler variety of havoc. Um, we got Primus, right? Smashes at, at some of the officers, but make sure to nab them and catch them before they can, like, fall and get hurt. He assures the officers that they know that they're just doing their duty. But these unstoppables have a duty of their own, you see. A quicksand asks Kane for verification that they're, you know, in the right place, to which Juggernaut gives the big thumbs up. Uh, so long as his intel is correct anyway. Because you see, they're here to spring a kid from the clink, which takes us into flashback land. We jump back to eight hours ago in Krakoa, where Kane is getting a psychic briefing from Professor X. And, well, to be clear, it's a hologram uh, getting the briefing, as, you know, Juggy ain't allowed to set foot on the mutant nation. We've been over this. Now, what he and we learn here is that a mutant girl has been arrested in Texas, which, due to the Krakoan immunity deal, is a big no-no. Kane wonders how they could, you know, arrest someone with immunity. Like, what's the deal there? A D-Cell is here. You remember a D-Cell, right? We haven't seen her in forever, but she's here. And she lays it out plain as day. Now, her theory is that they only arrested this girl because she's a mutant. Now, she posits that uh, with most of Earth's mutants living in the safe haven of Krakoa, well, anti-mutant types gotta, you know, take their aggressions out on any mutant they can. So this gal, Andrea, was headed to Texas to go to a salsa concert which D-Cell decided not to accompany her to because, uh, well, she's not a fan of salsa. And actually, no other Krakoan kids wanted to join her, and so Andrea, poor Andrea, had to go all by her lonesome. Now, Kane asks why the island itself can't just whisk her back. 
Uh, Xavier says it doesn't exactly work that way, and even if it could, it would likely turn into a far more public spectacle than anyone would like to deal with. And so, he would like to hire Kane and his Unstoppables to spring the chick. And initially, Juggs is a bit insulted, until Chuck says he'll pay them. And that's basically all he needs to say. So from here, we jump back to the present, where Quicksand whips up a sandstorm cover, and Juggernaut punches his way through the prison's outer wall. Just then, a twister sweeps into the scene. When it slows down a bit, we can see that it's, you know, not actually a tornado, but it's the Texas Twister. A fellow who doesn't show up all that often. Uh, He first appeared in Fantastic Four number 177, December 1976 cover. Now in that issue, he was auditioning for a spot in the Frightful Four. But when he realized that the gig didn't pay, he decided to opt to join the Super Agent program at S.H.I.E.L.D. instead. Now his powers are, well, he can turn himself into a living tornado, and he can also generate tornadoes at will. In his origin, I mean, he was basically bit by a radioactive tornado. That's kind of the thing here. So Mr. Twister tries to, uh, you know, tangle Kane up, and, I mean, it doesn't work since he's the juggernaut. Uh, Juggs then calls Primus over to help him deal with this increasingly boring situation. And that's him calling it boring, not me. I'm actually enjoying this quite a bit. And so Primus finishes gently wrapping up the officers in some silicate bindings, and then grabs Twister and his massive mitts in order to settle his tea kettle a bit. At this point, we kind of zoom out, and we can see that a certain yellow word balloon-having fellow is watching this entire scene play out. Huh, I wonder who that might be. Well, Deadpool, I mean, our mystery man, compliments Kane's new armor and wonders if it's as powerful as the old stuff. And, I mean, that'll be a question for later, though, because this dude's got some work to do first. Let's jump back to the Unstoppables, where Primus has old T.T. in his mitts. Juggs shouts into those mitts to, uh, you know, get the Twister to calm the F down. He then asks Twister if he knows why they're here, and, well, duh, it's because of that mutant girl. Kane says that that gal is being detained illegally, to which Twister agrees. But he insists that these orders come from on high, from the governor, and there's really nothing he can do about it. Juggernaut quickly puts two and two together and deduces that the governor must be answering to someone he's very scared of. He cites that... In order to go up against the president, Krakoa as a whole, the entire mutant race, species, whatever we're calling them this month, that means that he's less afraid of them than whoever or whatever bad hombre he's actually doing the bidding of. And we quickly find out that that man is the Warden. And we saw him in the relatively recent Juggernaut miniseries, if you remember. He's that guy with the superhuman prison who's looking to end all superpowers. And so, our crew of anti-heroes know where they need to go next. And so, it's, it's Marvel Unlimited, right? So we scroll, and we scroll, and we scroll, and we scroll, and we see all sorts of, like, pummely sound effects, and we see the carnage of bodies strewn all around. But, the question is, is this the work of the Unstoppables? Well, no, no, it's our mystery man with the yellow word balloons. And he's worked his way in, and he's found the detained mutant girl. And it's Andrea... Mm, this is going to be a toughie. Margulis? Margueles? Um, it's Andrea. Otherwise known as Rubbermaid. She's a teenage mutant with basically the same powers as Mr. Fantastic. Now, she first appeared in Extreme X-Men number 20, March 2003 cover date, and has appeared an entire eight times since. So Deadpool, uh, the mystery man, spends a few panels making fun of the name Rubbermaid, which, I mean, fair play, it's an awful name, and he asks why she just doesn't call herself Tupperware Lass. 
Anyway, we wrap up the chapter with our reveal that our yellow word balloon having, wise cracking, gun toting, red wearing mystery man is. Well, you know. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um. Holy smokes. Um, and to think, I spent the last 800 weeks jabbing pins into my X Men Unlimited voodoo doll. Because, <laughs> boy, X Men Green sucked. This was great stuff. This was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if this is a feeling that. Uh, that is shared among my, you know, X-Fan friends here, but I love that we're bringing Deadpool back into the X-Family. You know, I know he's been kind of taken from the X-Men and put into the mainstream Marvel Universe, sort of on the fringes, but still far enough removed from the X-Men to where he could guest appear in any number of mainstream or un-X Marvel books. I'm happy that it seems like they might be pulling him back in here. We did see him in the uh, promo art for... The Destiny of X um, era that's coming up, and I am all for it. I, I wholeheartedly endorse this decision for whatever that's worth. Uh, I'm also glad that the uh, Better Than It Had Any Right to Be Juggernaut miniseries from last year is getting basically a part two here. We're seeing what happened with he and his group here. I don't think we saw the... who was the other member? The Swarm? Was it Swarm? The one with the bees? We didn't see uh, Swarm here, I, at least I, I didn't notice if he was here or not, but uh, it was still really cool to see that they weren't just going to be left by the wayside, because I think that's where the smart money would have been, that, that sort of prediction that these, uh, you know, that cliffhanger, or not that cliffhanger, but that, I guess, establishment of a status quo that we saw at the end of the Juggernaut miniseries was just going to be there, you know, and then... Maybe in two or three years down the line, we'd hear that they were killed off panel in an issue of Avengers or something. But I'm happy to see that wasn't the case. I'm a huge fan of Fabian Niciasa, so it's always cool to see him working in contemporary um, Marvel or contemporary X-Books. Because, I mean, he's part of my upbringing in the X-Books, so it's super cool to see him here. And the art here was also very, very good. It was very reminiscent of the art we had on the, uh, the Juggernaut miniseries. Really didn't even miss a beat. It's... Really fun stuff. So if you've been avoiding X-Men Unlimited uh, based on my word or just your own personal experience with uh, X-Men Green, I think it's safe to come back. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I'm looking forward to seeing how Deadpool gets involved. And uh, yeah, I I am optimistic about this again. This is what X-Men Unlimited should have been, especially with this experimental, you know, Infinity Comics uh, format. It should be action-heavy stuff. It should be fun stuff. It shouldn't be some antler-headed idiot lecturing us and talking down to us and trying to make us feel bad about ourselves. But uh, that is X-Men Unlimited. Um, Now, we don't have It's Jeff. Jeff is on hiatus until at some point in 2022, but uh, that doesn't mean we're done with, uh, you know, backup strips for this show. Um, We're actually going to take a look at a new one. Lucky the Pizza Dog, number one. What the hell is that? Uh, November 2021, the story's called Lucky Delivers, written by, or actually just completely by, Jason Liu. Edits O'Connell, Beesom, or Bison, and Sabolski. This appeared on the app on November the 23rd of 2021. And we open with Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. Hey, hey guys, have I ever mentioned how annoying it is to have two characters named Hawkeye? What an unexpected perk of doing this, uh, you know, this Lucky series. I get to keep making that same comment over and over again. Anyway, Hawkeye Lass is ordering a pizza on her phone, and Lucky decides to investigate. Now, he sees that it'll take the delivery person 81 entire minutes to drop off the pie, which, I mean, that's just not acceptable, is it? 
So Lucky snags the phone and heads down the fire escape to check things out. He heads across the street, hops on a few cars, barks at a few other dogs. Then he checks the map on the phone to see that he is getting closer to that pizza. He then finds the pizza guy who has been quilled to a wall in an alley. So he helps him down. Or, you know, stands there with a phone in his mouth while the pizza guy gets himself down. The pizza dude then points our hero in the right direction to procure his delicious pizza. And it turns out that... The friggin' porcupine done stole the pie? Porcupine? Um, now listeners of the Essential X-Laps will remember our brief, and yet still too long, run-in with the porcupine during that Count Nefaria Michigas. So Jeff, I'm, I mean Lucky, lunges at the baddie who drops the pizza. Then Hawkeye Girl shows up to tie the goofball up and just leaves him laying on the sidewalk. She then picks up the pizza, like, sideways, like, you know, like... Like, you know, when, like in high school when you walked from class to class and you held your books, like, under your arm, you know? That's how she's holding the pizza. Which, uh-huh, okay. And uh, we wrap up with she and Lucky walking off panel. And I mean, are they still going to eat it? Uh, the porcupine had his, the box open and he touched it. So that's pretty gross. But anyway, that's where we leave it. And, well, I can't say that I enjoyed this as much as I enjoy It's Jeff. But it's uh, it's fun all the same. I, I did enjoy it. It's just it's just not Jeff. I do have to ask, just how many super pets does Hawkeye Girl have? And also, how many homes? Like, during It's Jeff, she's clearly living in a house. I mean, we saw Jeff go into the backyard to set up a pool. I mean, she lives in a house. Whereas here, she's up in an apartment. Are we to assume that the house actually belongs to Jeff? And maybe the apartment actually belongs to Lucky and they just let Kate stay there whenever she wants? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out soon enough. Maybe she's also, like, maybe she stays at Lockjaw's place sometimes. And maybe the Falcon's bird has, like, a treehouse that she stays in. That might actually be an interesting gimmick for her. It might actually make me interested in following her stories rather than just commenting about how annoying it is that they couldn't come up with an actual code name for her. Anyway, this does share a lot of similarities with It's Jeff. I mean, it's uh, it's basically a comedy book. Uh, there's no dialogue in it. Uh, the art's really fun. I could totally see a Jeff and Lucky um, you know, Marvel 2-in-1 coming out, which might be a good way to get the kids to take a look at these things. You know, hint, hint. Uh, I, won't, uh, I won't dwell on it, though, because I feel like I dwell on that a little too often. And... Uh, and I usually comment that these are the sort of stories that should be part of a Marvel free comic book day event. But, uh, well, we're going to find out in a little bit that 2022 has already been set in stone for free comic book day as far as Marvel's concerned. And Jeff nor Lucky up here. So we're going to talk about that a little bit deeper in just a little bit, though. But first, we've got two special segments here. First, we're bringing back fake-ass comics history to take a look at the character Rubbermaid, Andrea Mark. Margellis, Margellis, Andrea, Rubbermaid. Uh, let's talk about the life and times of Rubbermaid. First appearance, Extreme X-Men number 20, March 2003, cover date, as mentioned earlier. She was created by Chris Claremont and Salvador LaRocca. Now, Andrea first appeared during the Murder at the Mansion storyline, which crossed over between Grant Morrison's new X-Men and Claremont's Extreme. A pretty rare, for the time, crossing of the streams between the X family of books. Um, they were basically doing their own thing at this point, and I'm fairly certain that was by design. Uh, none of the X-Men creative team really wanted to work together. It's been said that when Grant Morrison came in, uh, Claremont was offered Uncanny X-Men, 
uh, only he would have to work under like Morrison's plots and they offered him either Uncanny X-Men or his own book where he could do his own thing in Extreme and as we know he took Extreme. Now, here in this story, Murder at the Mansion, Emma Frost was thought to be dead murdered, and Bishop and Sage from the Extreme team were brought in to investigate. Now, Claremont was leaning into Bishop's police background at the time, which has kind of become the core of his character. Anyway, Rubbermaid and some generic interchangeable young mutants of the day decided to try and play pranks on Bishop and Sage during their visit in order to keep them off the scent of their friend. And, well, it doesn't go all that well for them. Uh, those other students, by the way, I mean, if you think Rubbermaid's obscure, we got Tantra, a mutant boy who looked like an elephant. With perhaps the powers of an elephant? I don't know. He would appear an entire six times. He might be dead. Nobody outside of me has cared enough to ask. We got Gloom, who looks like a hooded humanoid frog thing. Just like Tantra, might be dead. We got Silicon, Stan Finch. Now, Stan had a fluid body composition and the uncanny ability to only appear two times ever. We got Overlay, who looks like an asshole and only ever appeared once. Has a rat-like face, and I'm pretty sure they never even bothered to explain what his powers were. Now, the friend that they were protecting was Jeffrey Garrett, who was a love interest for Rubbermaid, and he was accused of the murder of Emma Frost. Though, it turns out it was all a convoluted ruse by the villainous Elias Bogan, a.k.a. Lord Imperial. You'll remember him, right? Yeah, yeah, me neither. Uh, he hasn't been seen since M-Day, so uh, I don't think anybody remembers him. Now, once the murder at the mansion dust settled, uh, Andrea would be assigned to North Star's Alpha Squadron. This is during the Academy X days. Uh, this was New X-Men Academy X number 13, July 2005 cover date. And her teammates on the Alpha Squadron included uh, some notables and some nobodies. We got Anole, Loa, Indra, Kidogo, and Network. Now, during this, a North Star would die, killed by a brainwash and, and die in quotes, of course. Uh, killed by a brainwashed Wolverine during the Enemy of the State storyline, and so the Alpha Squadron would be dropped into Karma's lap to uh, oversee. And then M-Day happens, and Rubbermaid lost her powers. Now, Andrea was famously on that bus, sending all the depowered mutants home from the mansion. And uh, people who read around that time are probably familiar with that bus, right? This is the one that Reverend Stryker blew up with a missile. She's back now, though, assumedly uh, resurrected early on in the Hoxpox era, since she was a victim of anti-mutant violence, which I guess gives them a little bit of priority in the resurrection queue. She was last seen as a bit of X-Men wallpaper back in X-Factor Volume 4, Number 5, and now she's being yanked from the clink by Deadpool. So I think it's safe to say the best is yet to come for uh, Ms. Marguelis, or however you say her name. So that was fake-ass comics history. Let's hop into... The Marvel Solicits, which I usually cover during the first episode of the new you know, season, the new uh, month of uh, current year X-Lapsed. Unfortunately, uh, here's the bad news. Um, I don't know when current year X-Lapsed is going to come back, outside of, uh, outside of Unlimited, of course, because I received my DCBS order yesterday. Last night, it showed up. I opened it, and lo and behold, zero... X-Men books were in the, uh, in the box I ordered them and there was a uh, An email from DCBS Saying that there were some delays But uh, I don't know If if these things are still Going to come out uh, DCBS has been really good about just canceling stuff Of late and not passing that along To, uh, 
to the customer. I mean, I'm still waiting on that Marvel's Voices identity from like six months ago. <laughs> it's just not there. I really don't know what this means for my future dealing with DCBS. Uh, I do have an email out to them asking if uh, they will be, you know, part of my next month shipment. So getting them in the first couple of weeks of 2022. And uh, I just hope that they respond quickly so I know whether or not I need to, you know, actually hit the streets and pick up all the books that we missed. Not that I'm necessarily afraid of any of these books selling out, but... Strange things happen sometimes. Like, the weirdest books just don't show up. I, I talked about trying to track down that issue, uh, Thing Number 1, the, the new uh, miniseries, and I couldn't find it anywhere in the city except for one place, and it was like a tattered copy that I was forced to buy. So I you know, I, I worry about that kind of stuff. Um, this is an all-in sort of show, so I feel like we have to cover everything that we need to cover. And it kind of sucks that uh, they might not show up and that I might actually have to go out and pay full price for these books, but, uh, and that I might get stuck with a variant cover, but, uh, you know, there are worse things in the world. So that's where we stand uh, for the future of X-Lapsed. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're getting so close to episode 300. I was hoping to be there before the end of the year, and uh, it looks like we won't be, unless they crank out... 10 issues of X-Men Unlimited between now and uh, New Year's, but I don't see that happening. But I will do my best to keep everyone informed as to the future of the program as uh, things become more and more clear. Uh, for all I know, I can get an email right now. There could be an email waiting for me right now from DCBS saying, nah, you're screwed, you're on your own, and then that just means this morning I jump in the car, drive across town, pick up all 12 books, and, I mean, we pick up like we never missed a beat anyway, but... We will see. We will see. And also, um, you know, the hits just keep coming here. For listeners of WebLapsed, um, and, and, you know, first of all, thank you for listening to WebLapsed, I didn't get any Spidey books either. So uh, the, only, uh, the only Marvel books that were in my DCBS shipment were Hulk number 1 and X-Men Legends. Also, multiple copies of Marvel previews. Maybe they thought they were making it up to me by <laughs> sending me several uh, free Marvel previews. But we will see, my friends. We will see. Uh, so, the solicits. That's where we're at. Let's do solicits here. This is from Marvel Previews number three. December 4, allegedly, February 2022 shipping product. Our cover has Ghost Rider number one. So we're doing, we're doing Ghost Rider again. And it's uh, by Ben Percy, who looks to be a very, very busy man this month. Uh, the back cover is Savage Spider-Man number one, which... I, I feel like that might be continuing from non-stop Spider-Man because Joe Kelly's the writer of it, and it's a, it's another five-issue series just like uh, non-stop was. But uh, I, I don't know if I'm interested in either of the cover books here. But let's hop inside. First thing we will look at is X Lives of Wolverine number three of five. This is Percy and Kassara, five dollars. The cover features Wolverine dressed up like Clint Eastwood or something, with one of Omega Red's vibranium tentacles limply laying at his feet. Now, this is part five of Slato, Slato, and features Logan in the early 1900s, which doesn't really interest me. Um, we'll be there for it, but... Eh. Okay, next, X-Deaths of Wolverine, three of five. This is Percy and Vincentini, five dollars. The cover has the Claw family in the foreground, Dakin, Dakin, Laura, and Scout. Now, this cover's by Adam Kubert, who's... The way he draws Scout leads me to believe he's never read a story featuring Scout. 
Uh, this is part six of Slato, Slato, and features the Wolverines taking care of business in the present, while Wolverine himself, Logan, is stuck in the past. And the more I hear about this story, I, I mean, I don't want to be a downer, but uh, the less excited I get, the more I hear about this. Next up, the X Lives of Wolverine number four of five, Percy Kassara, five bucks, and Wolverine's all Omega Redified. Part 7 of Zlato, Zlato, and it's basically just that, the amalgamation of Wolverine and Omega Red. Finally, we have the X-Deaths of Wolverine, number 4 of 5. This is Percy and Vincitini, 5 bucks, and the cover shows Wolverine stepping through a Krakoan gateway. This is part 8 of Zlato, Zlato, and uh, in the solicit, readers and app-using speculator Jagovs alike are forewarned that this, my friends, this is an issue that will change Everything we think we know about everything. By golly, you will be questioning your own name by the end of this issue. So, same as it ever was for current year Marvel. Next up, Devil's Reign X-Men 2 of 3. This is Duggan Noto, 4 bucks. And this one promises more Fisk and Frost. So, there's that. Uh, Sabretooth 1 of 5, resolicited. Uh, this is Lavalle and Kirk, or Laval and Kirk, 5 bucks. And we talked about this last time out. Uh, Sabretooth's in the hole. We're going to read about it eventually, allegedly. I tell you, I'm starting not to believe what's coming out until it's actually in my hands. Uh, Maybe I should have always been that way. Maybe I've been a bit Pollyanna-ish here. I I really don't know. Uh, Secret X-Men, number one, thankfully, of one. It's Teeny Howard and Mobley, five bucks. And it's the X-Election rejects in a Shi'ar story. So two great tastes that go great together. Next up, the excellent number one. This is by Peter Milligan and Mike Allred, $4, and it's the return of the ecstatics. Now, I'm not sure if this will tie into our X-Lapsed purview or not. I kind of hope it does. Uh, Part of me hopes it does. Part of me hopes it doesn't. Um, Because ecstatics is very niche, right? And one of my best pals is a a big fan of ecstatics, but really doesn't have much use for the current year X-Men stuff, so... For his sake, I hope it's on its own, but for the sake of including it in the show, I hope it's, you know, part of it. (laughs) So we will see as we get closer to uh, February, perhaps. Uh, Next, X-Men Legends number 12, Chris Claremont's got eaten four bucks. And it's a lost story from the early issues of Excalibur, because, of course, that is what we want to read from Claremont, right? We don't want any kind of anything revisiting, you know, the golden age of the X-Men, right? We want... Excalibur. Mm, no. Uh, X-Men Volume 6, Number 8, Duggan and Pina, 4 bucks. X-Men vs. MODOK. Uh, why not? Why not? New Mutants 24, Ayala and Bayruth, 4 bucks. This kicks off the new status quo for the team following the aftermath of Farouk's attack. So, um, I-, I guess Farouk's gonna attack then. Okay. Phoenix Song, Echo, 5 of 5, Rowan Horse, Mareska, and Charles, 4 bucks. Now, Forge is on the cover, so we might assume that he'll be part of the story, and if so, we'll look at it. We got Marvel's Voices Legacy number 1, again. We really just can't call it Marvel Voices Legacy number 2? Like, are we really worried about attracting speculators with this project? Because if so, we, we might be doing it wrong. Anyway, this one, quote, graces the stands, unquote, for Black History Month. So a little full of yourselves there, eh, Marvel? Uh, thankfully, this one is only, and I can't believe I'm saying this one is only six bucks, because 
Some of these have been ten. So um, six bucks, okay. If I get that for half price, that'll be just about what it's worth. On to collected editions. We've got the Wolverine Omnibus, Volume Two, 1,248 pages for 125 bucks. This one includes Wolverine Volume Two, issues 11 through 30, Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown, one through four. Wolverine Nick Fury, The Scorpio Connection, Wolverine The Jungle Adventure, and Wolverine Bloodlust, as well as all the Wolvie stuff from Marvel Comics Presents, issues 38 through 71. A lot of content there. Next up, Ultimate X-Men Omnibus Volume 1, 1,280 pages for 125 bucks. This one collects Ultimate X-Men 1 through 33, with number one half in there, the Wizard Special, as well as Ultimate War number one through four, and I tell you, if we ever do an inessential X-Lapse program, it'd probably be this stuff. We got X-Men Legends Volume 2 Trade Paperback, 136 pages for $18. This one collects X-Men Legends 7 through 12. And finally, X-Men Epic Collection Volume 20 Bishop's Crossing, 512 pages, 50 bucks. This one includes Uncanny X-Men issues 281 through 288 and Annual 16, X-Men Volume 2 4 through 9 and Annual Number 1 and Ghost Rider 26 and 27. It's that uh, Thieves Guild New Orleans brood storyline that ties in with Volume 2 there. So those are the solicits. Um, of course, it remains to be seen if any of these books will come out. But uh, we will uh, keep our fingers crossed, and hopefully we'll be back on track by then. Uh, we do have some news here, some spoiler-free news. I only looked at these articles to see the pictures. I didn't read anything besides, uh, you know, the pertinent information. So... We have Free Comic Book Day 2022 news. Free Comic Book Day will be happening on May 7th, 2022, and one of the titles is Avengers X-Men. I hope that these are two unconnected stories, like an Avengers story, and then maybe you flip it over and there's an X-Men story, they, and they don't touch at all. Because I really, 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 really don't want another round of friggin' Avengers X-Men. You know, please. <laughs> No. Uh, also, for listeners of WebLapsed, uh, Free Comic Book Day Spider-Man promises to be ushering in the post-Beyond era. So, uh, wow. <laughs> we're, we're already over Beyond. How about that? Uh, I guess it's a far shorter-term thing than any of us could have ever imagined. Uh, we do have some of the new books here. We did talk about Destiny of X and all the new titles that are coming out. We got a little bit of fleshing out on two of them. Marauders Volume 2 Number 1 will hit on March 30th, 2022, allegedly. Now, we know that Steve Orlando is writing it, no matter how much we try to forget. Uh, we do find out that the artist here will be Eleonora Carlini, who I'm I'm sure we've read stuff with uh, with Eleonora's work in it. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't point it out, though. Now, Immortal X-Men Number 1 is the other book we're getting a little bit of info on. This one will also be hitting the shelves on March 30th, 2022, and this one's by Kieran Gillen and Lucas Wernick. And it looks like this one might be about the Quiet Council as a unit, like as a whole. The promotional uh, art is basically... It looks kind of like uh, The Last Supper, right? But it's the Quiet Council. So maybe it's about them? I I really don't know. What I do know is I like Gillen, I like Wernick, <laughs> so I'm, I'm there for it. Not sure we need another Emma Frost vehicle, but uh, yeah. You know, we know very little about it right now, so we'll see as we get closer. Now, as there won't be a Monday show of a plain old original recipe X-Labs, let's do This Week in X right now. 
On Marvel Unlimited this Monday, we got Excalibur number 23, as well as X-Force number 23. A pretty small week, relatively speaking. On shelves, though, we got, uh, well, we got, well, we got two books, but we got some trades, too, and some, some silliness. We got Excalibur number 26, two covers. That might be the last issue. I don't know, maybe that'll be transitioning into Knights of X. We'll probably find out um, Wednesday if the last page of this says coming soon, Knights of X. Who knows? We got X-Force number 26, two covers of that too, and that one's not going away, so that one will be sticking around. We got Demon Days, Rising Storm number one with nine covers. That'll be clogging the shelves at your local shop for the next several years because nobody wants it, except for reviewers who get it for free and who uh, can't say that they don't want it. Um... We have some trades. We got Reign of X Volume 7 trade, and uh, here's an interesting one. We got the Hellfire Gala Red Carpet Hardcover. 75 bucks. Okay, it's a hardcover. It's pretty thick. Why in all hells does a hardcover have two different covers? Like, we're doing variants on hardcovers now? Maybe this is an old practice I just haven't noticed yet, but why? Why are we doing that? Are we really looking for the completionist? Is someone going to spend $150 to have both covers of Hellfire Gala Red Carpet Edition? Lord, I hope not. Anyway, I think that's where we'll put a pin in it for today. Let's uh, do some shout-outs and uh, some contact information and call it a day. I'll let you all get on with the rest of your day. Uh, the shout-out department here. I want to thank the folks who engage with the social media posts about this program, help to raise the profile of this teeny tiny show. Over on Twitter, I want to thank Walt Neeland, Joe Crawford, the Between the Pages blog, Jeremiah, Chris Bailey, Evan Bevins, Dave Schultz, Billy D, Andrew in Belfast, Ed Moore, Jason Colby, Professor Frenzy, The Scary Stuff Podcast, Bill at Spy Vinyl, Angel M. Morales, Pat Sampson, and uh, we got a follow from Amazing Spider Talk. I don't know that they listened to any of this, but uh, hey, if you do, thank you and welcome. Over on Facebook, I want to thank Pat Sampson, Jesse DeYoung, Andrew Franklin, Walt Nealon, Billy D, Evan Bevins, Chris Bailey, and Jeremiah. Hopping over to Instagram, I want to thank Jeremiah, the positive fan, Mark Jagger, the Earth 894 podcast, Marco Mignini, Giovanni P. Timpano, Demily Bones, C.I., Gabri, X-Men Revisited, Ahmed Razu, Yudis Oliveira, Chill Comics, The Amazing Spider Frizz, Mint Condition Podcast, Unplanned 369, that sounds sad, uh, Luis Davidad, and our number one fan, Promo7917, who uh, is certainly not a scam. Let's hop over to Patreon here, patreon.com slash xlapster. I'd like to thank the wonderful supporters over there, Andrew Franklin, Ed Moore, Walt Nealon, Jeremiah, Jason Colby, The Scary Stuff Podcast, Jesse DeYoung, Damian, Peter McPherson, Mark Jagger, Herman, and Andrew in Belfast. But I think that's going to do it for me for now. Um, if anybody out there would like to get a hold of me, uh, please feel free to do so. You can find me on Twitter at Ace Comics, Instagram at 90sXmen. You can send me an email at weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com or call into the X-Lapsed or Web-Lapsed or any lapsed voicemail hotline at 623-396-JERK. For blog posts and show notes, you can head over to chrisoninfiniteearths.com. You can join us on Facebook. Our little group is 90sXmen. For the complete audio archives, you can head over to chrisandreggie.podbean.com or search it up on any podcasting platform of your preference. And one more time, the Patreon is patreon.com slash xlapse. You get some exclusive content, behind-the-scenes stuff, great group of folks to chat with. It's a good time. I hope to see you there. You only get charged once a month, so 
You could try it out. If you don't like it, hey, no harm, no foul. I appreciate any opportunity to broaden the listenership. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it for me. That'll do it for Original Recipe X Lapsed for a little while. I mean, we will be popping back in for Unlimited every week. But uh, as for the hard copy, you know, current week books, we don't know when those are coming. Uh, so I hope you all like Essentials. <laughs> I hope you all like the Silver Age because, uh, yeah, this is going to be all Essentials all the time for a little while, it looks like. But um, if that's your thing, I'll see you real soon. If not, I want to wish you all the warmest and most wonderful of holiday seasons. And uh, and I look forward to touching base with you again in 2022. But with all that said, I want to thank you all so much for sharing some of your day with me today and every day. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya!